legal man what's what's up man can you hear me i can hear you can you hear me i can hear you yes okay uh, your camera is off is that by design it's it's cool either way but yeah um, yeah i've got a problem okay. here at this i can't go i can't go okay. video yeah that's fine uh you know the whole show picture. used to be uh actually uh all audio well my end used to be audio and every once in a while we'd have a guest visual so uh, a little throwback how you been been good how about you uh doing pretty good doing pretty good still down here in mexico tomorrow i'm going to mexico city uh which i'm excited about i've been to the airport there several times uh but i've never actually been out in the city so tomorrow i will be so good a pretty good place. yeah it should be entertaining uh <laughs> 20 million people i think that'll be the I, I don't think i know that'll be the biggest city that i've been to i think uh so far so Hopefully it goes to plan and doesn't go yes. uh, astray Sideways. somehow. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a lot of people. I'm. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'll have my wits about me at least. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, what's been going on with you? Like just uh, oh, you not know, too much. You know, just trying to nothing. Just you know, generally uh, doing my thing. That's pretty much it. What do you think's been going on in Israel? You know. Um, I don't follow news very carefully, but obviously there's a lot of, a lot of destruction going on and how much of that is, uh, driven by true defense. I, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, obviously it's gross overreaction, but, you know, try to sort out anytime I attempt in Twitter or anything else to think about posting a story or a picture or anything else. <laughs> I looked down through the replies, the thing, and it's just, everything's questionable. It's like, Oh no, that's bullshit. That was faked up. It's AI. It's, it's this It's from 2020. It's this, you know, there's the, a thousand different reasons why the story's not accurate. The pictures aren't true. Um, it doesn't matter what I attempt to try to go through. So I just gave up trying to sort out, what's happening, what stories are real, whether or not it's been discredited or not discredited. Um, you know, something's happening over there. <laughs> that much is all I can see for sure. Something is happening over there. Now, I've seen it speculated. And again, I don't know if I believe it or not. I tend to think not, but I don't know. I don't rule anything out these days, uh, honestly. But it's been speculated that perhaps, you know, they let this one through or even encouraged it or maybe even directed it, I guess, depending on your level of belief there that Israel wanted this to happen, encouraged this to happen, or basically helped it happen. Uh, so oh, that yeah. they could go into power. If I had to Gaza. guess for sure, if I had to guess, I mean, I, I've seen enough videos. It's not credible to me that, uh, it happened the way we're told. That's not credible that you could somehow have, whatever hours and hours have gone through there and no reaction and everything else. The only two options are that uh, the military is totally and completely incompetent, in which case they're certainly not competent to go in there and then carefully so-called sort things out or they're in on it. And there's only one of those two choices because it's, there's no possible way you had what seven hours or supposedly in these trucks that came across that, is the most watched border in the entire world. They have sophisticated systems set up there so that they can tell if there's a cat walking around out there and the idea they could just drive trucks through there and 
all that absurd paraglider stuff. I mean, the original narrative is is ludicrous. I mean, that, that's why I just say, obviously, I mean, that goes without saying with me. Anytime you've got an official narrative, that's ludicrous. There's no way that's true. It's never true. And so I can know the official narrative is not true. What I can't know is what might be true. And the only thing I just crossed off the list is that uh, it was some big surprise attack and they got caught flat-footed. And all. That, that's none of that's true. No, that's as ludicrous as uh, the September 11th story with 19 hijackers. It's just not credible. It is a little fantastical, I have to say, with the with the paragliders. And then there's there's footage of them just cutting the the fence open. I, Preposterous. I mean, <laughs> Preposterous. Little... Not credible. No possible way you'd ever get me to believe any of that stuff. That is utterly ridiculous. And uh, they got cameras everywhere. And if they're this incompetent, then I, I don't understand. Well, just it's game over. If you can have these guys paraglide in and do all this crap and come across and nobody knows and it goes on for hours and it's just Keystone Cop nonsense. I just there's it's not credible. That's all. I mean, it's and the fact that nobody's really questioning it as usual, that nobody's really out there questioning in the mainstream the issue of whether or not this story is in any way credible. That's just not permissible. You have to simply choose a side. Uh, are you, are you an uh, anti-Semite or are you uh, a pro terror kind of person, or are you on the side of, uh, of the angelic pristine U S and Israel? That's it. That's all it is. And that's just a ludicrous kind of fairy tale teed up nonsense. Like they always give people, all these situations are always nuanced. Yasser Arafat died a, a billionaire. How do you become a billionaire representing a broke people who are supposedly homeless? How? Now, all those guys that run all that stuff, they're, they live fantastically wealthy lives. And so it's very suspicious. Anyone who just does a search that says Israel created Hamas will come up with stories immediately and see that there's tremendous questions around what's happened. And, of course, it makes sense. Every government needs boogeymen and uh you know this is the boogeyman and so trying to get to the bottom of that stuff like every other narrative it's completely impossible it's totally impossible we can only know that what we're being told is not true that's it <laughs> now where does this lead um is there going to be you know i know they've talked about world war three or some type of regional war um What's the end game here? Uh, since you're going down that path, what, what do they really want to push? Uh, yeah. Is, is that what you think? Yeah. No, who knows? I mean, what, why would we have to go to war? It's so hilarious the way I act like that there would be World War III. Uh, how? Well, I don't understand. What are the actual steps that would go on? I hear talked about it all the time. It's like, well, why do we, why do we, how do we ever get into a world war? This is between, at best, it's between Israel and, uh, Hamas, uh, whatever you want to say, Gaza, Palestinians, whatever. I don't understand. How does that involve anybody else? Who cares if Iran is so-called funding them? We fund Israel. I don't understand. How does it lead to a world war? I, I still don't understand the steps. It's as preposterous as the way we got World War One. Some nobody gets assassinated in some hokey, phony, baloney thing uh, in the middle of Serbia. And the next thing you know, poof, the world's at war, all interlocking treaties. And we can just ignore those. There's no obligation to do that. We don't have to, we don't have to go to war. That makes no sense. And so 
you know, I still haven't heard any explanation for what is the actual procedural step that would so-called put everybody into a world war. How Wait, could it ever happen? You mean we don't have to go to war for Taiwan because we said we would all those years ago? <laughs> right. We don't, we don't have to do anything. I never said it. No one's ever agreed. Who's going to make us? I don't understand. How, wait, wait, wait. Say, oh, I, thought that was, I thought that was completely binding. I didn't know we could just not fucking do that. That right. blows my mind every time. I was like, okay, well, just don't do that. That's a really bad idea. Turns right. out that's an even worse idea than it was then. Right. I don't get it. I don't, I just, I hear it all the time. There's so much discussion about how this, we're on the verge of it. How? I don't even understand. How are we on the verge of a world war? I don't get it. Who's about to so-called go to war? I, I, no one has explained it to me yet. All those people are dead who signed that, right? Like they're not even here. What do you... I don't know. Even if they were 100% alive, it wouldn't matter. Even yes, if they were running around telling me, telling me that I have to do it. I'm like, well, dude, I don't understand. I mean, you can say it and you can tell me it's a so-called treaty and we have a so-called obligation. Um, okay. So that's something written down on a piece of paper somewhere. I mean, like I say, when someone can explain to me how World War One actually became a world war uh then maybe i'll start listening to the idea that maybe we could get into a war it's just a made-up thing it's it really is just a totally made-up thing that we're on the verge of a world war we're not on the verge of a world war there's there's no i don't see any evidence at all i've like i said i've i've asked a bunch of people to explain to me what is the mechanics of how we would actually so-called have a world war and nobody's ever explained it to me it's like okay <laughs> it's just another thing people say in the news. Well, they're really trying to hype it. They they brought back oh, yeah. George Bush. He was out there, George W. Bush. Um, a lot of the same people that were cheering right. on Iraq. You see the um, our elected officials or people running to be our elected officials. Nikki Haley, I saw you talking about her. I mean, she's just an absolute disgrace. I, I've never thought I would see. Of course, they're all, you know. Uh, sycophantic Zionist, to be honest. So that's nothing new. But but the language she uses, um, uh, this one kills me. Uh, she, that America needs Israel. Israel doesn't need America. Um, <laughs> I which, saw that uh, hilarious. One. She's running for president, <laughs> right? Like, can you imagine? We're supposed to be the uh, the hegemon, the indispensable nation, and she's like, no, actually, we need Israel a lot more than they need us, which is not true, by the way. Obviously. Right. Um, well, it, it doesn't even make, ahead. I don't even understand. Again, it's just one of these empty Barnum statements. Uh, we need them. They need <laughs> us. I, for what? I don't understand. For for what? I, I don't get it. Um, I, I, what is the so-called obligation we have to any of these countries? What is it? Still no, I mean, they talk about Russia being our enemy. On, a, on basis of what? I don't understand. China's our enemy. Based on what? Iran's our enemy. Based on what? Because they, they chant death to America? Well, I mean, how many bases do we have to have out there? How many people of theirs do we have to kill? How many problems do we have to stir up before it's like, well, look, I can kind of understand why the people are pissed off at us. Maybe we need to leave them alone. Let them do whatever they want. I heard somebody on the radio the other day talking about uh, illegal oil sales from Iran. Yeah. <laughs> I just laughed. I thought, what? I mean, this is the kind of thing that people say with a straight face, as though we have some kind of authority 
to prevent them from simply selling their own resources to whoever they want. I, I don't know what I mean, illegal oil sales. Uh, okay, that's as illegitimate a statement to me is that we're on the verge of a world war. I, we, just, it's not credible. Fear mongering. It's insane. Uh, and yes. you said it all right there. And of course, you know, they've been angling for this war forever. I, I'm afraid they might actually get it done this time, even though I don't feel like anybody wants it. If you look at even the polls they released to the public, uh, support for Israel's down. Uh, I have a story about that today uh, that I saw in, in the mainstream media. So it's probably even worse. Uh, right. but, a, but a lot of people have uh, that were on their side even over the last month have, have kind of turned against this thing with, with how many civilians they're killing over there and the fact that they it's just so long now um so i don't know we'll see if they actually manage to get the uh, iran thing over the the goal line there now let me ask you this are there any politicians that are covering themselves in glory during this period that uh, that you like or you know again i don't follow them very closely i did see all those different miscellaneous comments you bring up because i'm on twitter and people yeah. send me a lot of stuff when i run across it and um you know they all stay within a certain Overton window that, you know, the United States is this good guy and that we fight the good fight and our allies are normally also the so-called good guys. But none of them ever just bring up very fundamental issues like the idea that we could have a world war. They never discuss anything like that. They never discuss any of the truth of anything. Every single one of those people promotes the same September 11th narrative. That's just ludicrous. Uh, every year they bring it back up. So I can know they're liars. I can know that they promote lies uh, about foreign policy. And so once I know that they're liars, why would I ever trust them when it comes to any kind of foreign policy? And every one of these things is an opportunity, just like January 6th was a fantastic opportunity for any politician who was legitimate to have some balls and just go out there and face those people instead of running and hiding like rats and worms into tunnels. They could have just come out and made a statement. There was nothing going on there, and they could have been incredibly famous. This is another opportunity here with this to come out and just speak the truth about what's going on. But they can't because they're all 100 percent controlled and they know that their careers and everything else will all be completely destroyed if they come out and speak the truth. And that's why nobody breaks ranks and which is fine. I get it. That's the game they're in. The only part that cracks me up is that other people, the regular people, they refuse to see what's right in front of them that that is the evidence right there that the entire thing is nothing but theater because nobody actually ever comes out and speaks the truth. They don't ever come out and speak the truth. And so you can know that they won't tell you the truth in the future because they're not telling you the truth now because they don't tell you the truth about the past and they don't even ask questions. They don't even ask legitimate questions. And when people don't even ask legitimate questions, that's when I get really suspicious. That That's just when I get suspicious. If people don't know, they don't know. But if you don't know, you need to be asking questions. And if you're not asking questions and you're in a position where you should be asking questions and you don't, that's a lot of information to me. That's a, that's a tremendously helpful piece of information to me. Now, let me ask you, uh, we mentioned Nikki Haley earlier, uh, 
and I saw you commented on the statements that she made yesterday about requiring uh, <laughs> basically ID for everybody on social media. Uh, and you pointed out the right thing. It's, it's Nobody said, hey, you can't do that. Right. Fuck off. Nobody said that. They just said, oh, right. wow, she's really extreme. Oh, man, right. wow, that's tough. And they trumpeted it everywhere. It's not to say, hey, no, that's, you can't do that. You can't make people do that. But uh, I don't know. Your thoughts on it. Right. It's just so funny to me. That's, again, it is a perfect example of these people who don't ever ask questions, and that is the media. Uh, the, the question isn't whether it's a good policy or not, whether or not she's a complete nut. I, they all want to do this. So they, she just said it out loud. But every single one of them wants to get your names, and they can get your names now. You know, see, they already can get your names. The difference is, and I tell this to people all the time about all these privacy issues, there's no privacy. Okay. There is no privacy. They know exactly what you're doing and what I'm doing and who you are and I am and everything. They know it all. The difference is they can't openly use it without warrants and all sorts of other things, which they can't get because they don't have any probable cause, even in the most ridiculously joke up courts. And so they can't ever let on that they have it. And so when they talk about wanting to get people's names and have, they're talking about wanting to get them so that they can use them publicly, not so that they really truly can protect us for security reasons, because for security reasons, they already have it all. See, they already have it all. And so it's, it's a completely disingenuous type of argument. And the problem I have with the people is this is another great example of the not asking the questions type of thing where just like they say, well, we could be in the middle of a world war and no one asks exactly how would this happen procedurally? What are the actual steps that supposedly lead us into this war? They do the exact same thing with stupid crap like this, that the idea that everybody's going to have to be identified with their real name. Okay. Um, what exactly legally could the federal government ever possibly have uh, as authority to force anybody to do this? Well, where would this come from in the Constitution of any sort? No one ever asked that question. They just assume it into the narrative, like uh, bad fiscal policies assumed in. They never question the fact that the entire fake fiat money system is completely and totally unconstitutional. That's never questioned. Only thing they ever drive you into is bad policy, bad spending, just, you know, crazy spending by liberals and we need to get control and be fiscally responsible. And this exposure of people and the non-anonymous posting, it's the same kind of thing. There's no discussion whatsoever of the fact that I don't care if every single person in government wants to do it. I don't care if everybody in Congress wants to do it. They don't have any authority to do it. So <laughs> it doesn't make any difference what they want to do. The point's moot. She can raise it all she wants. But nobody raises that issue with them, not even her running sort of opponents. They don't bring up the fact that this is insane. Well, why? Because they all actually do want it. And the whole thing's theater. And the media doesn't bring it up because they are also all completely and totally stuck inside of this Overton window, pretending to uh, be oppositional in all these ways while covering up the only things that actually matter which is these very, very fundamental narratives have to be kept in place. And then you're only allowed to argue within it. And the argument about making it anonymous is a perfect example. 
they have everybody arguing about what a terrible idea it is and what an invasion of privacy it would be and how they shouldn't do it. Not no question at all about the fact that, well, they don't have any authority to do it. There's it's just really not a close case. And so, again, just every single type of issue that's ever out in the public is a potential sort of teaching moment or learning opportunity for people to see that the entire show put on out in the media is, a, is just that it's just theater. It's just complete theater. And, uh, and nobody out in media who's got a big name, who's got big radio shows and television shows and, you know, giant podcasts and gets pushed in front of people and has huge Twitter accounts where they got hundreds of thousands and millions of uh, followers and crap like that. None of those people are on your side. None of them, it, not one single one of them is on your side. And people just, they simply cannot accept that. It's too, it's too it's much for too them to painful. handle. Yeah, it's too painful for them to, to deal with that. To, the cognitive dissonance, their world becomes so scary to them at that point that they just, they just refuse to accept it, even though literally the evidence is everywhere. There's no evidence at all for their position that they're actually on your side. All the evidence is that they're not on your side and yet the people still have to ignore it. Well, they won't let them get that big if they're not on their side. <laughs> right? Like that's, Clearly. That's right. how it works, right? Like, I mean, you how are you going to, why would the system allow somebody and reward somebody for getting on and speaking, writing, making shows about something that's a threat to the system? That would never happen. And so <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You don't have to be very intelligent to understand what a conflict of interest is. And the system is not going to promote and reward people who are a threat to the system. That's it. That's all you need to know. So if they're being promoted, they're being rewarded, and they're out there in any kind of substantial way, then you can know for 100% certainty that they are not a threat to the system. That's it. <laughs> you don't need any more details. Uh, you spoke. You spoke about theater and uh, some other uh, phenomenon there. What do you think of the Trump phenomenon with the <laughs> with the trials? Is he going to jail? Is he on our side? So Trump great. fighting for us. He's doing this for us. <laughs> uh, I, I, the Trump thing is hilarious to me. I remember telling my nephew back in the summer, of 2020, when he was running. I said, you know, he's he's a lot more valuable to them if he loses than he is if he wins uh, in 2020, only because. If he wins in 2020, he's uh, lame duck immediately. Um, they, they push him as lame duck. He won't be able to get anything done. And he, and he just basically kind of dies out. Nobody cares about it. If he doesn't, then he can stir his base for four more years, five more years, and maybe he gets back in. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he loses again in some kind of dramatic made-for-TV movie script crap. Um, it's, it's all nonsense. I mean, you know, these trials – What's going on with it? I, I don't know. I mean, it, did he piss somebody off? Are, are they theater? Are these things really even problematic to him? He's getting one of the things he cares about, which is massive amounts of publicity. It's totally impossible for anybody to ever buy the amount of publicity this guy gets. Uh, the narcissistic supply he receives from being in the news all the time, regardless, and having these absurd sort of sycophantic cult followers who just continue to believe he's going to uh, do all these things that he literally didn't do a single one of when he was in office, when he had an opportunity, didn't, didn't institute any investigations, uh, didn't build the wall, spent the first couple of years jacking around with all sorts of other stuff. 
He had countless things he could have done. And so now people point to these trials as evidence that he's uh, that it's legit and that they're scared of him. I don't know. It, it, it Honestly, it could be evidence of a tremendous amount of things. It's hardly only one answer, right? If we were sitting around and we were trying to come up with a script, right? We were just sitting around in a script. We were trying to write a funny uh, sort of movie. We could have a million reasons for why this was going on. You could have lots of reasons why. And the, and the plot could twist and turn. Just go watch a soap opera. Those things literally run for years and years and years and years and years. Okay, why? Well, because it's all scripted. And they can just come up with a million ways where the once dead brother is brought back to life and he didn't know. And he was actually had amnesia for years and he's been living and then he came out. You, you can say anything. And, and it's obvious that with a population that will believe safe and effective jabs and all this other ridiculous nonsense, a disease where you have no symptoms and a test you have to take, even though it's completely phony is the only way, you know, whether or not you're contagious. And the most dangerous part is that you don't have any symptoms when you have a population that's stupid. Believe me, they could be doing anything. I mean, even if he lost and he supposedly had to pay a judgment, how would I ever be able to confirm that he paid anything? How would I ever be able to confirm that? I wouldn't be able to confirm it. They could just say he paid. And he could run around and pretend like it, he was really hurting financially. He's not going to be put in prison. That's not going to happen because the Secret Service would have to go with him. And so it's totally impossible to put the man in prison with the state of the law regarding secret service. They simply take the entire prison over, kick everybody else out of the wing or anything else. And there's literally not one single procedural thing that anybody could do at the state or federal level, depending on what prison they tried to put him into. And so is he going to prison? No, that's ludicrous. That's completely and totally impossible. It will never happen. Is he going to pay a fine? How would we ever confirm that? <laughs> and so we're right back to it's a giant show going on. And is he in a fight with some of the people who are inside the system? Did he um, turn on somebody or in some deal? Or so? I don't know. Maybe he did. Um, but we both know that he was if he was truly any kind of danger, that the guy would already have some kind of cancer or some other kind of health problem. And, uh, you know, it'd be not too much longer. That, that That's all because they can do that to you at any time. It's not complicated. They've had the technology for 50 years and uh, God only knows how sophisticated it is now. So, you know, all these things are tremendous uh, distractions. And in my belief, the Trump thing has been for many, many years now, uh, the prime reason that he's out there and the prime thing he does out in the media is that he gets people convinced that your vote is so fantastically important, that this is proof that you must go vote, that you must focus on voting, because if you don't, this is the kind of thing that happens and that only your vote can possibly make a difference. And so it's a tremendously complicated charade to get people to believe, continue to believe that their vote could actually matter and really does matter. And that if you don't vote, you can't complain and all these other things. And if you look at it through that lens, it's incredibly successful. Putting aside all the division it creates, it creates a tremendous sort of urgency 
to organize, write checks, take the House back, get Trump in there. This is all voting nonsense that keeps people believing inside this constitutional system. And that is the most important narrative they have to keep alive. That one is the absolute most essential narrative they have to keep running, that your vote matters so much. If you have any questions for Legal Man, powerchat.live slash the Ralph Retort, Rumble Rants, all the other options, Dollar Sign, Sunset Squad on Cash App, anything you want to use. Now, let me ask you, Legal Man is your title. Uh, what about the state of family courts for men? Now, I've been talking about this issue just out of the blue, completely out of the blue uh, recently, um, and talked a little bit about it on Twitter. First off, I, and there's another, I guess, related debate on here. Should men even get married uh that was uh, something i saw going about maybe a month or two ago but uh maybe maybe touch on those areas your thoughts there yeah. well it's a horribly uh a corrupt system and has been it's been stacked against men for a long time and i think this made some inroads in some jurisdictions you know it's all very much driven by this sort of overlay of the national load of crap where, you know, men bad, women good, women victims. Um, the courts have for 50, 60 years, ever since no fault came in, uh, been unbelievably prejudiced and biased against men in every kind of proceeding in, in family court. I mean, you, they just get railroaded. The laws are completely ridiculous in most states, even in the state I'm in. Uh, if you don't challenge the um, sort of parental lineage of your kid, uh, within about four years, five years, then it doesn't matter if it's not your kid or not. And lots of places are even less. And so you're, you can be married and you, your wife can fool around on you and she can have a kid that you think is yours. And then a few years later, you find out it's not yours and you want to get a divorce. Well, you have to pay child support on that kid um, regardless. And there's absolutely, it's not even a matter of getting screwed by the system. So the statutes themselves prevent you from challenging it. And so um, just when you think of something that completely outrageous that somebody can lie to you about that, has no obligation, and then can uh, require, the state will require you pay, that's, that's complete lunacy. And, you know, the, the men that, that go into this, um, you know, they don't, they don't go into it with their eyes open. They, they don't go into it with their eyes open. And this is, you know, that's the main reason I kind of make my show. I know my show is never going to become mainstream. And I don't care. I'm much more likely to end my show than I, or at least take it completely private than I am to continue my show in some form or fashion with the hope that we somehow change the system. We can't wake enough people up. But the thing about it is, is if you just know the truth, if you just know the truth and you can't make any difference at all to the system, your life will be a hell of a lot better because you will be in a position to make a lot better choices. And if you think that the justice system and the family courts or anything else uh, is going to produce justice like you see in TV and movies and all sorts of other stupid crap, um, you're living in a dream world. And you're going to get blindsided uh, at some point, and uh, you're going to be very pissed off. And that's what happens to most people. I call it waking up in the wrong order. You know, they truly believe that the Department of Justice, they're going to call the FBI and they're going to get to the bottom of it. They're going to contact HR because somebody did something. They're going to file a lawsuit. They're going to get satisfaction. They'll go into family court and tell the uh, uh, judge their story because they've got pictures. and everything. Dude, none of that stuff's real. See, none of that stuff's real. And you may or may not get lucky, but the likelihood is you won't. And 
it's a shakedown. It's a complete shakedown. The family courts have been ever since they brought in no-fault divorce. No-fault divorce is a completely ridiculous arrangement that people don't understand. Again, if you understand it prior to the time you go into the marriage, that's fine. Get yourself a solid prenup and do not get married in the state unless that state recognizes prenups and, and will enforce the things. You know, uh, you got you got to learn that a prenup can help you in a real state, but a prenup does nothing once you have the kids. See, once you have the kids, now you're just a subject to endless extortion and blackmail because you can't in a prenup determine what's going to happen with the kids and the arrangement. That's not going to be enforceable. And so all you have to do is just say, okay, yeah, you can have a monetary payout uh, to some, you know, check who lies to you. Okay, you can, but once you have the kid, now what? Now what are you going to do? You're just not going to see your kid? Are you, are you going to be able to walk away from them? Is that possible? Most people can't do that. You know. So what's your real option? Your real option is that now you got to come right back to the table and, and start arguing again. And that's it. And you can never get away from them. And so forever. For, right. for, for the next, yeah, for the next 18 plus years. And then every Christmas and everything else, I mean, you can't get rid of them. And so this situation has been intentionally created by our overlords, by destroying the uh, sort of normal relationship that's existed in every culture for thousands and thousands of years in slightly different ways. But, you know, you have to have a sort of core family. You have to, and women have to have kids. And that entire scam about wanting to be an independent, strong woman and all this other crap and have a job and not be a mom and, and degrade that profession uh, down to something that's not as good as being a secretary or a paralegal. Um, well, you know, once you do that, <laughs> we're screwed. I mean, the whole system falls apart. That's it. And that's what's happening. And that's what they want. They want the system to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. Many such cases. Uh, yeah. You, you said it there at the end too. There's, uh, I've seen some examples of that and, uh, yeah, it degrades, it degrades the, the relation. I mean, it degrades the time they can spend on being a mother for one. Uh, and you know, my mom was a professional and you know, she was very accomplished, but like, um, it has an effect when you don't see your mother all day. <laughs> right? cool. Like, I don't know what to say. Uh, she had a nice job. You know, she was an accountant with an MBA and all that. Uh, but she was gone all day, right? Like, I didn't right. see my mom. Like, I saw her in the morning, and then I saw her at night. Uh, you know, sometimes it'd be around 6. Sometimes it might be 8, 9. Like, she would work hard, right? Like, sometimes right. my mom. And, you know, I loved her, and she was, like I said, accomplished. But it you're missing your mom because you don't see her all day. Right. right? Like, right. Uh, and it's not good. Uh, long -term. Anybody can yeah. look around at society. I've pointed it out countless times. I challenge anybody to show me something that's actually improving. I, I don't get it. We're not on the right path and haven't been for quite a long time. And there's literally nothing anybody can ever point to that tells me that we're that things are getting better oh, they, telling me about technology improving i'm not that convinced that this improved technology helps us in any form or fashion and that it's even manageable but technology is not something that improves my life in any real way except to the extent that other people rely on the technology i was when i was a kid no one had a cell phone no one had a cell phone. And right. I, I mean, I was a, an adult for a long time before I had a cell phone. And then uh, lots of people I knew didn't have cell phones. 
but there's nothing is our human relations going better is our art better is our music better is our culture better is the family life better for people do we get along better is crime better do people eat healthier are we healthier do we i mean you go down the list any kind of list you want and you're not going to find anything that's that's improving and that's not possible by random chance See, you, there should be all sorts of things that happen to be getting better. That these aren't okay. This is a little worse, but this one's getting better. If it was all happening randomly, so again, there's your clear evidence that this is being driven into a ditch. It's being driven into a ditch because if it wasn't being driven into a ditch, it wouldn't only move in one direction all the time. There would always be all sorts of other things going that were getting way, way better, but none of that's actually happening. And so again. You can know that it's not working. And social media in the last 15 years, uh, people who weren't uh, like already adults by the time social media came out in force 15 years ago with the smartphone and all that stupid crap, um, they don't have a they don't have sort of a frame of reference for what life was like as an adult without social media and cell phones. And I can just assure you from somebody who lived through both, that it was much, much better without social media and cell phones, that the place was a lot more normal and that now people are just, they're on the edge of insanity. They're taking drugs all the time. The kids are all on drugs. You got all this stupid, crazy trans shit everywhere. Uh, you've got men and women completely at war. You've got this in crazy thought society culture everywhere with the, the twerking and the insanity and uh, you know, you just it's just slut culture is being praised. And then you have the incredible materialism that the social media has created as well. And, uh, you know, you just start adding it all up. I don't know how anybody can objectively look at this thing and say that this is sustainable in any way or that we're doing anything right now that is something we would want to save. That, is there any part of our society going on right now? They're like, this one's really great. This part of it's really great. Let's save that part right there. But yeah, yeah, some of the other stuff's wrong, but this part's great. I would love to hear someone tell me that what part um, is going great that we would save that you think is an improvement. Do you, do you have anything you think uh, is going great? Not really. Uh, I was <laughs> right. trying to sit here and think of something. <laughs> Maybe somebody in the chat can think of something. <laughs> Uh, but it, and I hate to be so blackpilling, but I can't help right. it anytime I really go into this thing. Cause it looks like, uh, we're, you know, everything's headed for a major downturn. It's already on the way. Well on the <laughs> it's, way. It's a bit dystopian right. already. And it's only going to, I, I don't get it. Um, yeah. a little push there, uh, to take, I would love further. to have, I've asked and asked and asked for people because I want it, not because I don't want it to be true. I would love for people to point out people. I get grief all the time. Oh, you're so, so negative. You're so black built, dude. Just, just tell me something that's going in the right direction that I can go look into. Wh what is it? Where are these things that are going in the right way? And nobody ever comes back after I ask them for that. They go away. They, their complaints stop. It's like, I'm not asking to try to shut people down. I'm actually asking because I would love to hear somebody explain to me what part of our society and culture is working. Is our architecture beautiful now? It's 
it's fucking looks like shit. It's it's ridiculous. It's like who the hell wants to live in there? All these houses they build, they're junk construction. The stuff falls apart. I don't get it. Why is anyone do it? Go look in the store. Look what kind of food we have. Now we got this stupid appeal crap that's sprayed on everything. You can't wash it off. The fake organics, all the meat. Go look at the way we treat the animals that when we eat. I mean, it just go down the list, man. It's drugs. How many prescription drugs? The number of women under 40 on these uh, sort of prescription drugs for all these mental problems as a result of this so-called female empowerment, they're not happy, man. It's not making people happy. If it was making people happy, I'd say, great, yeah, it's working. It's not making people happy. See, it's not making people happy. And if that's not the standard measure that we need for whether or not something is successful and working and something we might say, okay, let's look at this. Maybe we'll go a little further in this direction. I don't know what it is, but the people are not happier now. They're agitated all the time. They're easily pissed off. You got this crazy violence everywhere. And it's not just because there's more access to video. I lived through it. It was fine. The schools weren't full of lunacy like they are now. They, they're they like prisons now. When I was a kid, they opened at the end of the day, you just left. Now you have to get picked up and you have to wait in these long lines. I drive by these schools at the time when they're picking kids up. There are these long, long lines of parents and people sitting in cars waiting to go get prisoner number 483 <laughs> get released from from sixth grade or some crap and you're not allowed to leave until uh they give you authority there's cameras all over the damn place it looks like a prison and that didn't exist you think that doesn't have an effect on kids psyche it does it has an effect on their psyche and so you know i would love to hear of all any of the things that are supposedly going in such a great direction i'd love to hear them i mean i honestly would love to hear them now, what do you think happened to the uh, education system since you were a kid? What was the well, the Department the of Education of was uh, created by uh, the Jimmy Carter administration, which is a laughably unconstitutional uh, administration, and they've just taken over more and more and more. And of course, once you have, I can remember when I was uh, at school in 1980, I went to college, and I can remember that they had just completed the education school at UT and it was right outside the dorm and you could see it. And I dated two chicks that were in that as majors. And I never dated another one after that. They're so damn stupid. Their classes were so stupid. They would literally go do things like their project was to go do a project that you would assign to a sixth grader, like make a paper mache, some stupid crap or something. Bring in. It's like, dude, that's, that's not college level work. There's no such thing as a teaching degree. All these things are fake. And so now that you have literally PhDs in education, uh, which is ridiculous and absurd, um, once you have things like that and the government takes it over, what can you do? I hear constitutional conservatives all the time talk about how you need to go down to your school board. So people are supposed to spend all their time now going to school board hearings and listening and watching, trying to read everything in the libraries. As usual, uh, misdirection. That's not the answer. The answer is government get out of all schooling, of all sorts. It has absolutely no authority to be in there. I mean, they control what's in the textbooks. Who's okay with that? Who's okay with mandatory education? I'm not. 
If you don't want to get an education, don't get an education. Don't get an education. Oh, it's a burden on society. Only if you create a bunch of bullshit welfare programs. <laughs> don't let them be a burden on society. People care so much about the education of their kids. I hear it all the time. Well, if they care that much, guess what? They will make accommodation for it and all sorts of options will pop up in a free market. But it all has to be controlled top down. And so, again, anytime you look into anything, anything at all, I've never, ever looked into any area where it's not just totally corrupted now. It's fully and completely corrupted now. And that's all been enabled by that fake money system that they put in a little more than 100 years ago and then pulled everybody off any kind of uh, limitation when they took you completely off the gold standard when I was a kid in the early 70s. So for 50 years since then, everything has become monetized and the entire economy is fake. Most of the businesses people work for are fake. Most of the stuff you see out there is fake. If you extract out $35 trillion in debt, which is what's on the books right now, right? This is operating on the books. Not Forget unfunded liabilities, which are several hundred trillion dollars. Just back out $35 trillion out of this economy and just look around and think what it would be. It would be nothing. It would be a shell. It would be 100 times worse than the Great Depression. And that's the reality. All that is fake. That is all created by debt, and it's not sustainable. And it's all the result of that. Every institution, every organization, every foundation, they're all 100% dependent upon that fake money system. 100% dependent upon it because you have to have employees to buy all your fake crap that nobody needs. They have to have fake jobs to be given fake money to go out and buy fake shit. And that's what they do. And at any time, they can pull the plug on that. And they will when they care to. And everyone will be 100% dependent upon them. And then they will see how actually dependent they are on the system. Then they will see it. Right now, it's all completely covered up for people. Totally covered up. They imagine there's like booms and busts and good economy and bad economy. It's all fake. Back out $35 trillion. I, I, I don't understand. What, what do you think this place would look like if you back? And that's not even any of the private debt that they're carrying, all these companies that are laden with all this ridiculous debt that can never be paid, that they wipe off with all these made-up rules and everything else, write-downs. They make purchases all the time, multi-billion dollar purchases, the big splash on the front page. I follow those businesses all the time. You look, about 18 months later, 24 months later, they write down these so-called acquisitions that were so splashy from six or eight billion dollar, and then they write it down to 200 million a few years later. And all the bonuses that were paid, to the executives for making this fantastic deal. That's all washed away. But if you take all the debt out, there's nothing there. There's nothing there, people. <laughs> Most of the jobs are fake. No one even needs to do them. What the hell does a lawyer even do? Why do we need lawyers for all this stupid crap? It's just made up, man. It's all made up. <laughs> That's it. That's <laughs> <It's> tough. <sighs> It's tough. We mentioned that forever scenario <laughs> earlier <laughs> with your potential family court thing. We'll get to know your lawyer pretty well. Uh, some of the oh, stuff, yeah. Some of this stuff, um, you know, you can try to do it on your own or this or that, but it just doesn't really – it's not – it doesn't really work. And then it takes so much time. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Like filing this stuff and doing who sure. has the time to do that. Like if you have to work, and if you make day, mistakes, you're screwed. Yes. You're fucked. <clears throat> it's like, oh, well you filed it. Or you said you're representing yourself. Well, they just assume you have legal knowledge then. And, um, you can't really do anything about it. Uh, a million Ferengi rules where it's like, oh, well you waived that. 
Oh, it's too late now. Yeah. Oh, you had to do that within 30 days. Like, well, I didn't really know about it. Well, sorry, it's passed now. It's like, okay, so I mean, so I'm losing all these rights and everything else. They're all disappearing because he's made up rules. And, you know, once you have a situation like that, if the other side has counsel, you absolutely have to get counsel. Unless you're just okay with the fact that, well, if I get completely screwed, then I get completely screwed. Okay, if you can live with that, really live with it, not just imagine you can live with it. If you can actually live with the fact, that, well, I got screwed. Okay, well, then you can do it without a lawyer. But if you care about any of this stuff and you can't really be okay with that potentially happening, then you have to get counsel. And even getting counsel, vast majority of lawyers are, I'm not going to say fully incompetent, but there's a tremendous amount of incompetence in the profession, just like there is in every other kind of profession, right? I mean, you go into any place most of the time and you see people doing stuff and you think that person doesn't know what they're doing. You, you think it's so different in law. It's not. The only reason you can't recognize it is because you're not a trained lawyer. Uh, same reason that you can't recognize it with a doctor. But with doctors, most people go get a second opinion. But people don't go get a second opinion with the law. They don't. They just trust what their lawyer says instead of like, well, I need to go get a second opinion, man. I don't know if this makes any damn sense. And so there's countless reasons why all this stuff is set up. And it's very demoralizing. And people get down. And I understand why. Uh, I mean, I spent a lot of time being very pissed off and about the system. But that was a very, very long time ago for me because I've, I've come around to it. But I go back to the point I made earlier, which is that it's true that my view of the world is is not a pleasant one for most people. They don't want to accept it. And that's fine. I don't care if they don't accept it. But the advantage to understanding, accepting mine and understanding that, my, that I'm correct is that you can at least protect yourself from the things that are within your control. And that's hugely different than living in a fantasy land that you're going to be able to do some other thing that is never going to work. Now, I talked about this with Simon Roche um, in September. Uh, how can you protect yourself and what, what, can, what are the things you can do? You can't change the system like you, like you mentioned earlier. So what are the things you can do to protect yourself and your loved ones or whatever? I guess it would depend on, are we talking about family court still? Or are we talking about just Well, I mean, you can relate it to that too, but yeah, yeah, just in general too. In general, you have to understand that, um, that the system is not set up to help you or to do justice. It's in fact set up to do the exact opposite. And once you just understand that, that narrative shift, okay, you will protect yourself much more because you'll no longer expect that, well, if there's a problem, I just go into the courts and get it sorted out. That's not going to happen. Okay, that's not going to happen. You have to look through these things as a lens of, okay, well, the way the system's been set up, they're trying to screw me. So the first thing I do and the rule of thumb is whatever they're telling me to do, I can know that I need to do the opposite of that because that's never going to be helpful. Just a safe and effective jab. Okay, so you can know it's not safe and effective. Why? Because they're telling you that it's safe and effective. Well, if they're telling me it's safe and effective, it's all over the media. I know it's not safe and effective. Uh, exactly what's wrong with it, I don't know, but I can know it's not safe and effective. And you can use that same exact kind of thinking every single time they tell you this is the right thing to do, well, then you know that's not the right thing to do. And the entire cancer scam industry is exactly the same kind of thing with the constant, oh, you got to go and get early detection, early detection, early detection. There's absolutely no evidence whatsoever that any of this early detection crap is something that would have ever caused you any problems at all. The vast majority of the time, 
the, the reason there's so much rampant so-called breast cancer and everything else is because they take this crap, they find a little dot as a huge industry and going in there, hacking it out or giving you radiation or everything else. And then they can pay you to give you fake boobs and all this other crap after they've taken them off. It's an industry. And so you can know that, uh, you know, you need to take your own health into your own hands. You need to take your own legal advice into your own hands. And if the government tells you the best thing to do is you need to go to college and spend a bunch of money to get a college education and go work for some big companies, you can know that's a terrible idea. That's not going to work in the future. You have to do something else and you have to work inside the system and be careful. And, you know, how much defense can you get against people? Again, you have to have very specific examples. And if people give me examples, I can usually do it. And in fact, one of the things I have inside of my Patreon that a lot of people take advantage of in my Patreon is just that they can, they can, they can get a half hour of my time and I'll just talk to them about it. I won't give them legal advice, but I can, I can say, oh no, here's the problem, dude. If you go into that kind of thing, you're going to need this kind of lawyer. It's not going to work. And the reality is an ounce of prevention is worth a hundred pounds of cure. And so just knowing that you, if you go down this road, whatever kind of legal road you go down, that, um, you're going to not be able in all likelihood to get any satisfaction out of it. Okay, that's fine. You can draft a contract or an agreement such that um, you're fine with the outcome or you don't tie yourself to the outcome. You know, there's, again, there's countless ways that you can actually protect yourself, but let's not also overlook the massive time saving. So many people waste an incredible amount of time trying to so-called get informed. Okay, they're getting informed. You're getting informed with a bunch of bullshit. There's no reason to get informed. I've told people for years, there's no problem with people needing to get informed. It's obvious the system's a fraud. You don't need to know anything else. You don't need to go spend time trying to figure out who the best candidate is because they're all frauds. And your vote isn't going to make jack shit difference anyway. So you can just save yourself all that time. You don't have to argue with your family and friends about whether this candidates a good guy or a bad guy. You don't need to get involved in that crap at Thanksgiving or Christmas. You don't need to worry about it because it's not going to be a problem for you. And you're not going to angst about it. And you're not going to read about it and get upset about it. And you'll have other time to do stuff that you care to do on stuff that might actually matter as opposed to getting sucked into this endless array of arguing about things that have literally absolutely nothing to do with your life. You're just as, I mean, you might as well just be arguing about whether or not your team should, should bring another tight end in and whether or not his contract's a good deal or whether or not they're outside the salary cap. Now there's no difference between doing that. The people that follow politics and look down those people that like sports ball crack me up because there's no more difference. I can't change the ownership of my team or anything else. That team doesn't give a shit about me. Just like a politician doesn't care about me. And whether or not I think that they, they should have thrown the ball more and they should have called a draw on that, but it doesn't make any difference. It's no different than arguing about what Trump should have done or could have done or what Vivek could do or should do or what we're going to do in the Middle East. You have no control over any of it. None whatsoever. It's a soap opera. That's it. It's just a soap opera. See, you've cracked the code. I knew that a long time ago. Of course, I cover it and follow it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's obviously that, right? Of course, you know, right. it has a lot of parallels to sports. Oh, they oh, should sign this amount. free agent. They're over the, they're <laughs> over the salary cap. So it's just right. going to get suspended. And what are we going right. to do? My fantasy What are they team? doing? What are they doing? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. They got to get rid of him. Fire the coach. He's got to run the ball more. Oh, what are they doing? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't like the play calling. We need a new <laughs> offensive coordinator. <laughs> there you it, go. It's the same type of shit. It's the same exact thing. It's politics. They're all the same. You want to follow celebrities and, and argue about whether they wore the wrong dress and they made a career decision. You never should have made that. But you do it. Knock yourself out. There's no difference. You want to play video games? Do that. You're only here for a short amount of time. If you enjoy it, that's great. Then go out and uh, spend time on it. Don't let people tell you that your, your things you enjoy are a waste of time. They aren't a waste of time. It's your time to do however you want. And I, I freely explain to people, of course, I waste most of my time. I don't care. It's my time. But yeah, I don't spend it trying to accomplish things and checklist off and YOLO and all other crap. It's not going to amount to anything. It's not going to amount to anything. When I'm old and dying, it's none of that stuff is ever going to matter that I wasted that time or didn't waste that time or spent it doing something else. When I die, I'm going to have a long list of things that I would like to do. It doesn't matter how many things I do between now and then. I will still have a long list of things. So that's just the way it is. Make peace with it. You have to. Uh, now, let me ask you about your, your film. I saw a clip from it uh, on, on your Twitter feed, and we talked about it before. Jones Plantation, I think. Yes. Uh, is the name of the film. Now, tell us about it again. Oh, it's a great movie. Uh, it's an allegory. The story's by Larkin Rose. A lot of people probably know Larkin, and he's a really good guy. And uh, and it was the mind sort of sprung from the mind to Andrew Treclia, who's the uh, director, editor, producer, all sorts of stuff on the thing, plays Jimmy Jack in the movie. It's an allegory that uh, that goes and tells people with the allegory about the system that we're under and the way you control people with this phony baloney political system. And then you control them again with this phony baloney fiat currency system. And it's set in sort of antebellum South. And I played the plantation owner, Mr. Jones, who's kind of a drunk dick. And, uh, and I, I bring a guy in to teach me and it's got a lot of twists and turns, but I think that anybody who sees it, if they're sitting on the fence, I think it's impossible to not get the message. Um, there's a there's what's called a fourth wall at the end of the movie where I I sort of explain things, what's happening. I remember I, I wrote that sort of that morning before we went out there for a variety of reasons, and I don't think it can be any clearer uh, than it's laid out there. So I think anybody who sees a movie will get the message. And the message is exactly what we've been talking about. What you've talked about many times is it's just a bunch of theater out there and that the people behind the scenes put a show on for the, the peasants. And that's just the way of the world. And you either catch on to it or you don't. And uh, that's pretty much the way it is. So I hope people go get it. It's it, you can go to jonesplantationfilm.com and buy the movie. And I think people will enjoy it. Everybody who sees it seems to like the movie, or at least most of the people. I, I guess I haven't talked to everybody, but I haven't talked to anybody yet, really, that didn't like the movie. Did you see the movie? I haven't seen it yet. Uh, okay, I'll but I have do. to see it. Yes, let's say uh, yeah. I want to see it because we talked about it two or three times, uh, and I was you really explained. I think it was the last time you're here, time before last, where you explained the whole story. Now I'm glad I don't remember everything you said because uh -huh. it'll spoil. <laughs> yeah, it'll spoil some of the movie. Uh, yeah, I try not to. Do, I try not to do too <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, spoiler yeah. alert. Now I'm glad uh, I don't remember, but uh, the story was intriguing. I remember uh, thinking that. So yes, I will have to watch it, and then next yeah, time you should. You come on. It's a great way, you know, 
it's the only reason I even agreed to do it um, was because, you know, I feel strongly that people are entitled to hear the truth. Uh, I've my the amount I'm willing to spend to tell people the truth now is, is drained down because I've spent many years doing it. But I do think people are entitled to know the truth, at least hear it. Most people that hear the truth reject it. And that's fine. Uh, you can't do anything about that. But, you know, each individual person that hears the truth, it makes a big difference in their life. It's a it's a truly a kind of uh, paradigm shift. Once you understand the way that things really work and you make peace with it, it's a paradigm shift. And. I've had countless people thank me for waking them and for my podcast and things I've told them, my Twitter account, even for the movie. And, you know, that's that makes me feel good that not because I think I'm going to change the world. That's fantasy. But, you know, it, it, I have an impact on individual people. And really, ultimately, all, it all comes down to just individuals. It all just comes down to individuals, people like me and you. We've always been a minority. We're always going to be a minority in society. You're never going to be the majority in society because most people are just lost peasants. And so that's who they're always going to be. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with that. And the Jones Plantation is something that's, it's it's not scary to people to go see a movie, right? Are they going to listen to my podcast? No, they're not going to listen to my podcast. Uh, if they're in any kind of blue pill, that's not going to happen. My anarchist cat's upset. But if, uh, if if you try to tell people things, you know, you're in social media all the time, you see it, they, they just push back, right? They want to argue. But a movie, it's very uh, sneaky because they can sit down. It doesn't feel like they're being preached to. And you never know. As the old saying goes, the jester can tell the truth and still keep his head. And so you can you can tell all sorts of truth in the movie that you can't tell and people can hear. And so if this movie can make get some traction and make some money. We'll make more movies. And we have a bunch of other kind of ideas for movies that don't have this stupid woke crap everywhere and don't have a bunch of, you know, giant fat cheerleaders who supposedly the, the top football player wants to date, that kind of stupid crap. We, it's a, it's a movie that you don't have to go in and worry about having woke stuff shoved down your throat. And uh, there's a lot of people who, who really appreciate that. You know, and we can make other movies. I like to want do one about jury nullification. I love to do a movie about that. Yes, right. Uh -huh. And so, if we can make some money with this stuff, we can make a movie about jury nullification. And uh, you know, that's another another great system. And so, I hope people support the movie uh, because, like I said, it's it's a it's a really good way to to get a whole different kind of demographic involved that isn't a podcast, book, uh, Twitter. I think my cats are got a bit of anarchy in them too. Now that you mentioned, uh, and yeah. and uh, oh, by the way, since you said it, explain quickly, uh, and I'll round it out with one more question after that. Explain yeah. jury nullification uh, for those who yeah. don't know what that is. Uh, well, the short that. short issue of jury nullification, and I spent almost thirty episodes, and I do also others. I did Spooner's entire essay, uh, trial by jury, which is. I, it's definitely one of his most important. It's one of his top three essays for importance. And jury nullification has been completely lost on people. And that's intentional because the entire purpose of a jury is not just, it's not just to make sure that the people control the uh, criminal justice system. It's not, it's also a political tool. It's the most important political tool ultimately, because uh, the only way minorities get any real representation is certainly not through a vote. 
that's preposterous. I have a minority position. No, none of my positions are ever going to carry the day because they're all minority positions. So it doesn't matter. That's another reason it's pointless to vote. But I don't have to carry the day when you have jury nullification. And the way it works is you go down and when you get it sitting on a jury, you have the right to judge the law and the facts. So it's not just the facts. They'll instruct you it's only the facts, but that's not the case. That is not the case. You do have the right, and the Supreme Court has said so. I've done shows about that and read that case about it. You do have the right. You don't have the right, according to the Supreme Court, to be told about this right. This is the typical Ferengi scam that they run, so that you have this right, but you can't be told about the right. Because if people knew about the right, you can go in there, and they and they and you get on the jury, and they have these phony baloney laws, like these drug laws and all these other laws, and you can just say not guilty. And it's true, you, the person, it's not, they're not acquitted, but you get a hung jury. And it only takes one person out of 12. That's it. One person out of 12. That's just eight and a quarter percent of the population. If we have eight and a quarter percent of the population in an area, then they can't get convictions on any of these bogus laws. They can't get them. And it's your right as a citizen. And that's how you get to actually stand up and have your voice be heard, not by going on to social media and demanding accountability and posting memes about treason and all this other stupid crap people do. It's by understanding your right uh, and the power of jury nullification. And it works on both civil and criminal work. So if the Department of Justice has got some civil case against somebody with a bunch of bullshit, you can just go in there and say, nah, judgment for the defendant. And that's it. Then they have to stuck retrying the case. Well, if you do that, if people understood this, it would instantaneously grind the entire system to a halt because they simply can't retry them. So if you don't like the law for any reason, you don't like the law, you don't think the law is fair, you don't think the way the law is applied is fair, you don't think the prosecutor is fair, whatever the reason, it is your absolute right to vote your conscience. That's your right to vote your conscience. And They'll try to tell you it's not your right, but it is your right. And that's why they arrest people and try to explain jury nullification to people out in front of courthouses because they cannot have people finding out this truth. And you can go to FIGA, which is uh, F-I-G-A dot org. It's a really good, fully informed jury association, national organization. I've helped uh, one of the guys around my area do some of his uh, written material. And uh, he's used a lot of myself from Spooner to help people educate them, but it's a great place to go if you just want a national site and it's super powerful. It's super, super powerful. You don't have to go down there and screw around with so-called primarying rhinos or anything else. All you have to do is just wait. When you get called for jury duty, you sit in there and, and when you hear the ridiculous charges and everything else, when it's time to vote as a jury to say, eh, not guilty. I'm sorry. That's bullshit. And you don't have to explain yourself to anybody. <laughs> you don't have to explain yourself. That's it. That's it. They're stuck. And if people understood that, wow, it'd be so powerful. I've said to people again and again and again, if the people in the black community and Hispanic communities, minority communities who get abused by the police night and day, if the guys who are actually there in the pulpits and all their so-called leaders actually gave a crap about their, their people, they would be out there telling them about jury nullification. And there's no way in hell you'd ever get convictions in any of these major cities. All this abuse by the police and the gun laws and all this made-up crap they passed, they'd never get any convictions. They could never get any convictions. The whole system would fall apart. And as soon as that started happening in one location, it would spread like wildfire because people would be like, what the hell's going on there? And they'd find out, and that'd be it. 
<laughs> everybody. And once once the cat's out of the bag, it's over because uh, they can't back down on the uh, jury trial crap. They can't do that because that's the heart of the so-called flag waving America's the greatest constitution crap that they spread on people, which is this idea that you have a right to a trial by jury or justice system. Okay, you're right. I have a trial by jury. It's in the Constitution. Good luck getting rid of it. <laughs> Good luck getting rid of it. And and so they wouldn't really be able to do much about it. And they can't just pass a law. They can't fix it. They can't change it. Once the people are aware of it and they start using it, it's, it's going to bring the system um, to a halt very, very quickly. I mean, very quickly, just incredibly quickly. So I, when, I push it all the time. Yeah. And it's something that I've talked about too. And you know, a lot of people, of course, some people do know about it, uh, but a lot of people don't. And it's your absolute no. right. Uh, and they try to stop you from talking about it. And judges get right. orders not to talk about it right. in the jury room and all right. this and that. Uh, right. But it's, it's not actually illegal. I mean, it's an inherent right you have as a juror. Supreme uh, Court has is yes. very clear about it. It's they've made it very clear. You have but they that do right. let them not talk like make people not talk about it. In, in right, the because they've so. held that you don't yeah. have a right right to be it's told. And so the crazy, way it's structured, man. the insane way they've structured our so-called freedom machine is that if you're an appellate court, you must follow what the Supreme Court says. And if you're in a district court, you must follow what the appellate court in your and your uh, circuit says. And so they have a lever. All they have to do is take that. Uh, phony baloney Supreme Court crap, and then all the other judges must follow it. And so they they push it into the state courts and they push it into the federal courts. And therefore, the judge is legally so-called obligated. Otherwise, he can just get removed from the bench. But that doesn't change the fact that you have a constitutional right. And the Supreme Court has said that very clearly in their case, even though the opinion is like 140 pages long, full of all sorts of crap and an extremely long dissent that is completely against it and it completely blows the uh, opinion up. And, uh, and I read from that when I did my show because the dissent is so much more obviously uh, correct. But you're right. You have that right. And people need to understand it. And if they did. Like I said, we don't have to wait for two more years and four years. You don't have to do any of that. Uh, if you're just a minority, uh, 10%, that's it. The laws don't work. And that's the purpose because it's supposedly structurally a, a government with the consent of the people. But when do you ever get to consent? I don't ever get to consent. I don't consent to any of the crap they're doing. That happens when you get put into the jury box and you say, no, these aren't the kind of laws that uh, I want to uh, approve and I don't approve. And I veto it with my uh, not guilty. And that's where you actually get your say. And that's why it's so powerful. Yeah, Who can send it to war? for Taiwan or Israel <laughs> or Ukraine or any of this other right. stuff, right? Nobody can say right. to that. Right. It's silly. Uh, I see a uh, real quick before I ask the last question. Uh, Margaret Sanger says, can you ask legal men if there's a prominent case where jury nullification was used? If you can think of one. Uh, well, I you can't. never can know if jury yeah, nullification. Saying, yeah. you get people out there that say, Oh, obviously the jury nullified it. And that's normally in those cases, what they're talking about is situations where someone was actually acquitted. And most of the time in jury nullification, you're not going to see it. It's not going to make the news because yeah. it's going to be a hung jury. And uh, so you're going to get what's called a mistrial at that point. And they have to choose whether they're going to retry them. But if it's an actual acquittal, if it's a real obvious case, I mean, people run around and say uh, 
that Rittenhouse case was a jury nullification or some crap. That is just not true at all. I mean, they, they didn't make the case. And it's, it's obvious the guy wasn't guilty when he was charged with this. It's not significantly different than uh, the OJ kinds of opinions uh, when the, the jury comes back and it's like, okay, well, they found him not guilty and, uh, on, on this. It's like, uh, that's really not jury nullification. That was prosecutorial misconduct that grossly overcharged the guy. And uh, it wasn't that he wasn't clearly involved in my opinion, but he didn't. So trying to get actual cases of uh, what jury nullification is. I mean, like I said, how are you going to find out? You're going to get a juror that's going to come forward and tell you that? Hell no. <laughs> To come forward and tell you that. Now, let me ask you. So, is there? We've been a fairly black pilling, I guess, in certain ways. Is there a way to bring things back uh, or have a different, uh, better system? Um, if there is, what would need to happen for for that to take place? Uh, and would there be a massive uh, um, tribulation period? I guess we could yeah. say because uh, I think that that's there's going to be a lot happen. of pain. Yeah, I, I mean. Obviously, anything's theoretically possible. And, you know, as I've that, that's why I've given jury nullification as the actual solution. It's not the end game. The end game is the end game is you have to, you know, reeducate people and massively decentralize. But the first thing you have to do is be able to defend yourself against this insane government. And jury nullification would allow us to do that. We could put the brakes on and buy some time to uh, reeducate people. But you can never have a massive, giant, centralized government like we do and have it ever be anything but an incredible tyranny. That can, that can never happen. And the systems, uh, is it possible with 330 million people to ever really have uh, a government, a single government like we do? Uh, you could, but it would just wouldn't have any authority. It would, ha it would not have almost anything it was allowed to do. That's all. And... You know, when you start telling people about what the real solutions are, uh, they're not happy about it because what they really want is a powerful government that they get to control. That's what they actually want. Whenever I talk to people who think they want small government, I'm not saying you don't, but but the vast majority of people who think that they uh, want the government change, all they really want is what the constitutional conservatives want, which is they want stronger drug laws and law and order. And all. it's like those are all oppressive. And those are just as much violations of my natural rights as anything else. And once you have a large society with millions and millions and millions, tens of millions of people in some of these cities, um, any kind of system was going to start breaking down. But it doesn't mean that we couldn't have a way better system. Okay, You're always going to have a system that's going to be fantastically corrupt. You always are. It's completely impossible to avoid that. But if the people were instructed, in jury nullification, and the fact that your government is a fantastically corrupt piece of crap. I don't care how much you think it isn't. It is. And you have to be constantly aware of its corruption. If people just had that mindset, that alone would help tremendously because people would be on guard. And so is there a way back? Well, can we get enough people to even do jury nullification? <laughs> if we can't even get that, if we can't even get 10% of the people to get on board, then what is the point of going forward talking about more elaborate things that will require even more people to get on board with if we can't even get that? So I like to focus on step one, something that would actually be implementable 
would not require us to get agreement from some so-called representative and to hope he doesn't get corrupted. It would be in the hands of the people who want to do it. And it would work every single time. That's, that's something I can get behind. But if we can't even get enough people, which I don't see any evidence we're getting people to do it. If we can't, then talking about more elaborate things is you might as well just be talking about whether or not we need to be throwing the ball downfield more often. Uh, it's not going to make any difference because I don't call the plays. I don't catch the ball. I don't throw the ball. I don't, I'm not, I don't control the referees. I don't do any of that. It has to be something that each independent person who wants to do something about it can do something about it. And that's jury nullification. That is jury nullification. That is a way that we could actually start buying time. It really is. And literally any kind of problem you have right now with the government, if we had full control jury nullification, like in the country, all those problems would disappear because all the tax problems, anyone who didn't like it, they just wouldn't pay. <laughs> they just wouldn't pay. What would happen? They, they go down there, they try to bring you in front of a jury and charge you with some, you know, tax evasion or failure to pay or a civil suit. They just get not guilty, don't, you know, judgment for the defendant. So they, they, can't, they can't get you on anything. They, ultimately, the rubber meets the road in all of this stuff with enforcement, ultimately. And the only reason people don't see it is because it's so rigged that the vast, vast, vast majority in the mid upper 90% all plea out. And so they think, well, it wouldn't make any difference. Well, it would make a difference if everybody was demanding a trial because everybody knew they were going to get either a not guilty or a hung jury. It would make a big difference and the stuff would all stop. Well, they literally couldn't work. even carry on business if people just demanded a trial. Um, <laughs> of course, it's totally it would all set down. up and reliant on plea deals. Yeah, they don't 100%. have enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the most obvious thing too. Uh, right. And this really is the key to everything uh, because if right. people just stop buying in and just said, "No, nah, fuck this. We're not going to enforce that." Then they would they would lose the legitimacy. Right, um, and it's all controlled through these phony baloney. Uh, uh, more dire procedures where the court strikes off everybody who may or may not actually uh, not believe anything the government says. It's They act like that's all discounted and you can't sit it there. I've laughed. I've asked people again and again, I understand, what is the purpose of the trial and all these trial protections? Are they to make sure the government gets a fair trial? No, they're there to make sure that you don't get railroaded by the government. That's the entire purpose of having them. The government doesn't need any damn protections. That's ridiculous. The people need protection against a government overreach in the trials. And so the idea that the government can strike people off the jury who don't trust the government is ludicrous. The answer to that is to get a government that the people trust, not to strike the people off the trials who don't trust the government. And so... Just something that fundamental is such a mind blower for people. They can't even go there. See, that's just that's just too far a reach for most people. I couldn't agree more with everything <laughs> you said there. Uh, tell people where to find you. Promote your podcast as well. Uh, and anything else you want to mention here at the end, I always enjoy talking to you. Uh, and yeah. this was no exception. Yeah. Um, well, if they want to find me, you can go to Twitter. I'm Legal Man at US Crime Review. 
my podcast is called The Quash. It's on any podcast player. They can always locate me there. And if they want to see the movie, which is what I hope they really do, is go to jonesplantationfilm.com. And they've got all the information. You can get some of the merchandise. You got some cool merchandise. And you can watch the movie there, buy the movie there. You can buy our gift certificate if you've already seen the movie and let someone else see the movie. And that would be my that would be my main hope. So very cool. And I, I'd love to have you uh, back on again here in a few months. Uh, and I hope you have a good uh, holiday season. Same uh, to you. Yeah. And thank you again for spending time with us today. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Had a great time. Y'all take care. Here. Same here. You take care too. Legal man here live on the kill stream. Round of applause for the legal man. <laughs> <laughs>